0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to Believe in Lions. I'm your host, Derek O'Cree right here on the Believe Podcast Network. You know how that's spelled. B-L-E-A-V. I believe, I believe, I believe. Where we believe in the Detroit Lions, and by the end of this episode, so will you. The Believe Podcast Network is Detroit's number one sports podcasting network. I'm super happy to have everybody um, join me on the show today. We've got lots of topics to talk about. Uh, free agency has been underway. We are steamrolling to the NFL draft, which is going to happen amidst all this craziness in the world. But uh, we're going to talk football here today like we do uh each and every week on Believe in Lions. So um, what I want to do, some of the topics I'll get into is there was something really interesting I found on Twitter. I'm going to kind of give you guys an overview of what that was and, and talk about kind of the game plan or what the overall thought is from Bob Quinn and the Detroit Lions of how they're trying to build their team. We're also going to dive into... What the heck are they doing with their linebackers, defensive ends, defensive tackles, or on the offensive side of the ball? What's their game plan? What's their strategy when you're talking interior offensive linemen, you know, the future at wide receiver, and even the tight end position, which last year was considered a strength, not so much during the season. Two years, uh, the year prior was a real big weakness and right now it's you know it's it's got a high draft pick and a bunch of question marks so we'll talk about that as well but um want to break that down and then at the end of the show I'm going to promo um, something really unique really interesting I'm excited about for the following week here on Believe in Lions a special guest um, talking NFL draft and I'll tell you who that is at the end of the show I'm really excited about that so let's go ahead and dive right into it start off with kind of news and notes of what's going on with the Detroit Lions you know I think for the most part, you know, the the week prior, I left off with Paul Jackson talking free agency. You know, we kind of ran through those players and whatnot. I mean, just a little bit before I'm recording today, um, a little bit later in the week, actually was announced the Lions signed Geronimo. Al- Let me do that better. Geronimo <laughs> Allison, uh, formerly of the Green Bay Packers. I, I really like this signing. I mean, to me, this is a guy that still has upside, I think 26 years old or so. You know, had a lot of pub, like that he was going to be one of those breakout receivers and just didn't really come through. He's been injured quite a bit. Kind of got passed up, you know, on the Packers depth chart by Alan Lazard, who kind of came out of nowhere and uh, some of their other rookies they've drafted. So I was surprised. He kind of sat out there for a while, just like a lot of the receivers. There really wasn't a market there. And uh, Geronimo was a guy that I think can come here and, and make a splash. I really do. I think that, you know, people are saying he's the fourth, fifth receiver. I could definitely see him, you know, falling in line, kind of right behind Danny there, you know, as the as the primary backup to one of our outside guys, whether it be Marvin or Kenny. You know, Travis Fulgham is still a big question mark to me, even though I really liked him, you know, uh, when they, when he was drafted. And then, you know, you've got the speedster Marvin Hall and people like that. I mean, I don't see why Geronimo Elson can't come in and make plays for this team. So, you know, we had that signing. You know, they brought back Killebrew kind of for special teams. The other big signing kind of of the week, which, oh, this one I would love to believe in. <laughs> I believe in. But it's hard to do. I mean... Reggie Raglin, I mean, this was a guy all of Detroit loved coming out of the draft process. Oh, let's get Reggie, put him in the middle of our defense, you know, run and hit, tackle. I'm sure I was amidst that group. But as you – we're going to get into it later in the show. But as you get trying to figure out the Detroit Lions, like – they they already got five Reggie Raglins already, meaning big physical, two hundred and fifty pound linebackers that can't cover, have a trouble running, and are just gap pluggers, run defenders. I mean Oh, I'm going to get into that when I kind of come to the strategy portion or maybe what they're trying to do. But I, I wasn't a huge fan of Reggie Ragland signing. I mean, you'd say, Oh, you usually like people from Alabama. That's true. You know, I usually like guys that had good college pedigree. Yep. You know, he won a super bowl recently with the Kansas city chiefs, but because you already have Tavai, you already have Jared Davis. You already have Christian Jones. You already have Jamie Collins. I mean, these are all big bodied linebackers. What does Reggie Ragland bring to the table that those guys don't, other than another body in case of injury? But you can't have, you know, a ton of the same type of linebacker and and be, you know, alive or only have Jamie Collins and maybe Jalen Maben for coverage. So, like I said, I think they got about eleven linebackers on their roster right now, not counting the bottom end guys, which I'll get to a bit later it's it's a mystery to me. So, hey, Reggie Raglan, you come in here, you're a thumper, you're a good guy, you uh, buy into the system, you play hard-nosed football, uh, I'd be all about it. But on the surface, I wasn't a big fan of that move. I've liked some things I've heard from Font. You know, he's done some interviews. Seems like he'd come in here and be a pretty good corner. I still think, you know, Logan Ryan is sitting out there. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't consider him. You've got the money you could go get that and then if you have Logan Ryan, Font, AO and then you add somebody in the cup first couple rounds of the draft, now we're talking about a corner duo, um a group that can that can hold up for the season. You know, a corner group that with Justin Coleman and with our safeties, I feel like you could roll in and feel good about. But you don't go get one. You think just a rookie AO and Font are going to be able to get it done on the outside. You know, I'm not too sure about that even though I want to believe B L E A V in in Lions in that portion of their team. So let, let's go ahead and dive into something kind of unique here. So on Twitter I uh, came across this tweet thread from Scott Russell. Now Scott put out a bunch of good info on a bunch of kind of notepad messages that he wrote, break it down, everything. I'm going to kind of just glance over a couple points. I was going to go back and read it and take a ton of detailed notes, but I was kind of like, let me pub up Scott, give him the credit. Um, give his Twitter handle, talk about a couple of the high points, and then hope people that didn't see it can maybe go back and find this if you're interested because I thought he had a really unique perspective on what they're building and why. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to hit on some of the the basic high points and leave the detail to you guys to go find out. So if you want to pull up his Twitter handle, it's at Russ, R-U-S-S, 48239. And I think he put this out around March 21st, I think is where I saw the thread So if you go to his timeline, go to March 21st, you should be able to find it and and read that through if you'd like. So uh, overall, what Scott did is he kind of took what the Lions have been doing and just tried to break it down into some different terms started off with kind of like their corners and their safeties, what they're trying to do there, work yourself through like offensive line, what the lines are are considering from a defensive end, defensive tackle perspective. And then he got to the offensive side of the ball talking about, you know, the quarterback and uh, you know, the, the skill players and the tight ends. So, just a couple bullets I wrote down as I kind of re-looked through it. I definitely did read it all and really was interested. And then when I went back through, I just put a couple bullet points. So his first major point was the Lions are kind of... What they're doing is they're trying to build their defense based on coverage. You know, having guys that have good coverage ratings or can cover at a good rate when it comes to PFF, some of the other analytics that are out there. You know, he, he mentioned, you know, that's why you see a guy like... Um, Trufant come in, he really wasn't, you know, any different when it comes to coverage type grade than a Darius Slay. You've got Jerron Harmon, really good coverage grade. You know, Walker and Harris, both good in those coverage ratings. Harris, you know, still has some room to grow, but he could be better in that role. As well as if you up your coverage overall, then you can use Tracy Walker who, as I've said on this show before, is a legitimate dog on this defense. Uh, You can move him around, let him go get people the way he needs to. Um, So his thought was, you know, they're trying to have coverage. Coverage is king, is kind of how he put it, I believe, where if you can upgrade your coverage from Justin Coleman, your outside corners, your safeties, your depth. Then you can you can play some good defense, and this is something that the Patriots have done. This is something that's sort of a underlying things that some NFL teams are doing, where they're relying on coverage more so than rush. So, but that was interesting. As he worked his way down, he got to the offensive line. Another thing that everybody's trying to figure out as we piece this team together. Um, Scott's overall impression, from what I got, is that the Lions um, view offensive tackle more valuable than interior offensive lineman or offensive guard. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. That's sort of been where most teams have been over the history. Now there's been a a recent trend where people have said, well, you got to have good guards because you don't want that pressure right up the middle on top of your quarterback. But I think, you know, for the most part, the two guard positions have always been sort of less valued center and both tackles more valued based on the center calling the out the 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 rush and the the defenses and whatnot and this tackles having to protect the blind sides of the quarterback as well as some other things so i thought i thought that was um you know a good point to confirm but also somewhat self-explanatory he also put when he's talking about the offensive line he put um you know run blocking is actually he i think he put less important than pass blocking overall I feel like recently they've really leaned more towards they want to be more physical with some of the changes they made, getting rid of Rick Wagner, bringing in Big V, you know, getting Frank Ragnall high in the draft, even though, you know, Taylor Decker is much more so a pass blocker than a a gritty run defender or run run blocker, I I meant to say. But I think he's kind of saying the Lions overall, you know, want to be able to protect their quarterback first and foremost, but they also want to be able to get it done in the run game. So I, I mean, overall, I do agree with that, especially in a passing league, but I think one of the main reasons the Lions have not been able to run the football at a high level consistently or smash mouth is because they have leaned more on that pass blocking perspective and not guys that can get off football grind you out, push you back two, three yards to get the run game going. Now, Scott did follow that up with, um, you know, he feels like the run game, the success or failure is basically strictly due or most, you know, importantly due to the offensive line. He definitely didn't put a big emphasis on the running back, you know, when it came to success in the run game. It sounded more like, you know, if you have a pretty solid, pretty deep run group, and a really good offensive line, you know, that's going to bode well for your results instead of the other way around, kind of a piecemeal offensive line, get that stud running back. and think that he's going to just change the game. My perspective on that is I just feel like the lions have, they're, they're in this bucket of teams who are just like, you know, they think they can just put any group of young people back there and run the football at a very cheap, you know, cost and be able to get by now on paper. That sounds great. All these draft wizards I see on Twitter that always want to say, Oh, you can't take a running back till the sixth round, fifth round. You know, they think they're always going to find a gem there. I mean, I understand that on paper that financially, as well as, you know, on paper, you think that that can be done. It has been done in the past by other teams. But I think when you work the percentages, I'd say the the top two, three-round running backs are much more successful overall than guys you find in rounds four through seven. They're just better pedigreed players as long as they're on a decent team. You know, they usually end up producing at a pretty high level and can change your run game pretty quickly. Now, like I say, you still do need that good offensive line to kind of complement that. So I, I think the Lions, you know, trying to get by with on Johnson, Ty uh, Johnson, and then Bo Scarborough is – a very risky game. I mean, unless they know something we don't know, I feel like there definitely needs to be a, an influx there of another talented football player. I've been a proponent of Devonta Freeman, actually. A lot of people hate him and think he's washed. I think the guy w- runs with ferocity. He catches catch the football. He's small. He can get through those little creases. Um, he's probably going to come pretty cheap based on where the market's been for running backs and the fact that he's still out there. I would definitely pursue that not only before the draft, so it opened you up a little bit more, that, hey, if if nothing falls to us, we're we're still covered better than we are now. Um, And if something better presents itself, you know, him or, or any of the other running backs on the roster other than carry on are probably guys you could move on from if you needed to. So I think the Lions really need a boost there, you know, another body that can really have some juice, some speed, be able to run the football and get it done. Um, I've heard some some rumor innuendo that the Lions are really looking at guys in that upper second round, whether it be Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, uh, J.K. Dobbins out of Ohio State, or if a DeAndre Swift out of Georgia would fall there. I don't know. All the mocks I've done, you know, those guys are tempting. Those guys are there sometimes when I do mocks, but I'm much more apt to wait and, and do what I just said, you know, is harder to do, but wait. So fourth, fifth round, try to get that value. But in those rounds, I'm still, I'm still finding talents, you know, that that are available or that could just boost either in the short run game speed to catching out of the backfield, however they want to run it. So, you know, Scott had some interesting things. There some things to consider when he got to the defensive line. Um, you know, his take on the defensive line in general or just the defense in general is, is that Matt Patricia wants defensive linemen and linebackers that can just, um, you know, pass rush from all different angles. Kind of bring the heat from any type of angle, any type of position, any time that they want to. with still relying then on their coverage, which they're hoping will be much better this year. Now, we saw that last year really try to be implemented where, hey, we'll drop all these guys in coverage. We'll, we'll not blitz very much. And that just did not work based on injuries, based on lack of execution by the team, whatever it is. I I don't feel like they did the other thing that Scott said that they're hoping to do, which maybe they can do with more New England type guys and more guys that have some juice, is, yeah, you need to be able to bring pressure, um, you know, on third and longs. You need to be able to um, speed up the quarterback's clock and you need to be able to, you know, be aggressive at the right time with unpredictable scenarios. Like if we just know every time you're bringing your two ends off the wide edge, you know, every once in a while, you're bringing a linebacker up the a gap like that. That's pretty predictable. You know, we need to be able to bring linebackers off the edge need to be able to run some stunts, some games, bring, you know, fake a linebacker up the middle, drop them into coverage, all those things that, You know, I I know Matt Patricia wants to do that, and he's got the defensive mind to draw up those type of things. He just has either hasn't had the talent or hasn't been something that they've been very good at when it comes to execution. So I'm really hoping that we can see that here in the future. And, yeah, I agree. Bringing pressure from all angles, all bodies, all different formations, all different units that are out there on defense is key. Um, he also had some other interesting takes. I think it was more kind of like defensive tackle is a priority type position for Matt Patricia's defense. He also likes a, a defensive tackle that can penetrate and a gap plugger. So, you know, for right now, I'd say we we somewhat have that in Danny Shelton and Nick Williams. I, I definitely don't think you want to hang your hat completely on those two guys, I would say, in the draft or still here in free agency. You get another big bodied guy at defensive tackle that can get after the quarterback a little bit and can run your gap run scheme. I think that's something that you should put a priority on. They obviously have missed out on a lot of the other names that all of us have heard about, you know, when it comes to defensive tackles. But I don't think they wanna pay either. You know, they don't wanna pay big money for those positions, but they wanna have the proper players. In those spots. Now, like I said, I'm going to get to the linebackers and some other details here in my second uh, half of this show. But just keep this moving on what Scott put. I I mean, he was really a big Stafford backer. He felt like Stafford was the guy based on stats and ratings and all these different things he had. Um, He felt like Chase Daniels was kind of that perfect backup that the Lions look for when it comes to you know, some different stats, ratings that he had, as well as, you know, there's been a lot that's come out about how Chase Daniel and Matt Safford are are buddies. They get along, they've known each other for a while, you know, in the quarterback room, that always seems to be something valuable. I've always related Chase Daniel to, um, you know, a guy like, Sean Hill when he was here with the Lions where everyone touted him as this incredible backup when you looked at him on paper, didn't have a big arm, couldn't really you know, run around, never made huge plays but would kind of keep you in football games. The problem was he'd usually lose those games at the end so I was never a huge fan. Sean Hill was just, you know, he was what he was to me but Chase Daniel is another guy who just kind of is what he is. If he stays here for a couple years backs up Matt Stafford, hopefully he never has to play. If he does does have to play, come in and be serviceable, keep us in games and see if our new found defense can help us win those football games and get up over the hump. And the last little note I made, again, I skipped over a lot of things here, but I encourage you to go check it out. Scott Russell at Russ 48239. Uh, His last thing talked about the skill guys. He seemed pretty high on, you know, the different receivers and, and skill positions we had in the outside also talked about the need to sort of infuse some youth there. You know, when it comes to having people for the future and a guy with maybe some juice either in the slot or, you know, just some speed to go up over the top. We've known that for a couple years that, that we're still kind of lacking that, even though Marvin Hall showed some glimpses. And then he seemed to be really, you know, T.J. Hawkinson is a key in 2020. You know, he was real spotty, real, you know, a guy like me that tried to support him was really kind of eh, at the end of the year. Like, what do we have? Do we have a smooth natural pass catcher that can give defenses big issues moving forward, or do we just have a middle of the road type upper tight end that's gonna be okay but never really be a game changer, a guy you have to game plan for? I, I sure hope he, he turns up the juice when it comes from an intensity standpoint. Um, I hope they use him much more properly, get him those those crossing routes over the middle, get him the football where he can run after catch, use him in the red zone, all those type of things I need you to do with TJ Hawkinson so um, I'm really hoping that happens and like I say please go check this out give Scott Russell a follow read all these I think it's probably six seven eight you know notepads where the information where he runs down all this different type of stuff kind of an informal type format Scott I apologize if I kind of misrepresent misrepresented any of your takes there. I did find it interesting. Obviously, I do have my own impressions, too, how this team's building, which I'll get to here in a moment. But I did really enjoy this post you had on Twitter and thought it was good stuff. I know other people enjoyed it as well. So, appreciate that. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about how the lions are building these different positions, the people they've added and kind of what the heck are they doing? And and can we believe in it moving forward to 2020 kind of break it all down for you here in a moment. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we're back, back here after the break, right here on believe in lions. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Really helps out the show. If you guys hit that subscribe button on iTunes or Any of the other podcast platforms you listen to, there's usually a spot you can either favorite or make sure these podcasts are coming to you. Um, You know, pretty much been 100% that they're going to deliver to you first thing Monday morning, um, drops around 3 a.m., I believe, Eastern time. So you're actually going to have it ready to go um, for that drive in, or like I say, we're all. Mostly stuck at home now, so it's always great to throw on a podcast, get your football fix first thing there on Monday. So that's where we've been. Um, please check us out. Please, hit the, please share this with a friend. And if you'd be so um, kind to the show or if you think we've earned it, leave us that five-star review on iTunes. That's really how we get the word out more, jump up the charts. But I appreciate everybody that's been listening. The numbers continue to grow. And uh, really appreciative of that. Again, you can check us out on iTunes, Luminary, TuneIn, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much any other podcast platform you might listen to. I also on Monday morning, kind of around 7, 8 a.m., I try to tweet those out. You can find me on Twitter at Derek Oakry. That's spelled D-E-R-E-K. I I try to tweet out probably five or six of those feeds somewhere in there just so they're nice and easy to grab. Go ahead and listen to that way. And then, like I say, if, if you're out there listening and you want to advertise on this show or some other shows, um, you can go ahead to Believe.com, and there'll be a link there where you can get all types of sponsorship info. I know we haven't done any sponsors yet. We've definitely been trying to wait it out, pick the right sponsors for the show, let it grow, let it continue to get towards football season, things like that. But I always want to throw that out if there's advertisers out there that, that listen and want to advertise either on this show or one of the other Believe uh, podcast shows that are out there which is somewhere in the 2 to 300 range I believe you know they're growing every day shows everywhere it's crazy really happy to be part of the Believe Podcast Network so with all that being said let's go ahead and dive into it let me go ahead and pull up I've got here the the Lions current setup I kind of I want to talk about these linebackers I just want to read down like the list of names then I'll get into some of them so currently on the roster at linebacker position for the Lions Jamie Collins Jalen Reeves-Maven, Steve Longa, Elijah Lee, Jelani Tavai, Jason Cabinda, Anthony Pittman, <laughs> Jared Davis, Christian Jones, Christian Sam, Reggie Ragland. I mean, I, I don't think I'm missing anybody there, the, but those are your inside, outside, and just general linebackers that are currently listed. And Let's just get into this a little bit. Not only with the linebackers, we'll talk a little bit about DNs and DTs. Kind of, what are the Lions doing? Like, I guess I know this is believe in Lions, and I've I built this show on wanting to be positive and kind of up and up on the team, and which I am. But this off season has me puzzled because. I think it could either be incredible, all these pieces come together and they all know the system, they all buy into the coach, we've got rid of all the people that were the Caldwell holdovers that kind of just complain even if they made plays and, and did some things. Or is this going to be where the Lions, Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia are trying to play 1980s football with big 250-pound, six-foot-tall plus linebackers, 6'3 linebackers, that, that can't cover – they they really can't get after the quarterback. They're not dynamic. They're just there. I I don't know. I really have to see it. You know what I mean? I have to see this to believe it. I know a lot of people online, Twitter, have been pretty positive, thinking you know Jamie Collins is an upgrade from Devon Kennard. You know, Jelani Tavai has some promise, should be better. Jared Davis, depending on if they keep him or move him on. I know the Lions said absolutely they're not trading him. I mean, is he a guy that can come into his own from a blitzer? You know, I've always defended Jared Davis and people – he hasn't had the greatest of first few seasons, but there's definitely guys where the light comes on after a while. You know, where you don't just get it always from day one, and everybody can't be a pro bowler. So maybe this first few years, he just hasn't processed at all. Maybe this offseason it all clicks, and he's able to be a blitzer, be a guy on the outside, run and tackle. Be physical. I mean, he's shown flashes. It's not like the guy hasn't made plays. And when he's been out there, he just people have always been frustrated by his lack of coverage and lack of decision-making when it comes to what gap to shoot or how to, how to play, you know, consistent linebacker at the NFL level. I, I, I don't know how you mix all these guys in. I mean, at first blush when I'm talking about guys that I would think make that opening day roster and see out on the football field, you know, you start with, I feel like Jamie Collins is the leader of that room now seen some interviews with him. He seems pretty excited, kind of like a a dog, a tough guy, (laughs) um, which I think the lions need more of. And a guy that just, you know, even though he's on the back part of his career, still has some juice left to make some plays. I think he'd be the leader in there. Jelani Tavai probably number two on that list as a guy that, you know, they drafted in the second round. He uh, seemed to be a really good, you know, came along well, you know, kind of a good guy, good physical football player. Then, then probably, you know, either Jared Davis or Reggie Ragland after that, depending on, on how you want to go. From that perspective, you know, 3-4, both those guys kind of fall in there. Um, you know, the other guys are all kind of on the fringe to me. You know, when you're talking about, like, I've always liked what Jalen Reeves-Maben has brought to the table, but he's never really seen a ton of snaps. You know, they don't let him go out there and fly around and play offensive outside linebacker. They just let him play special teams and a few snaps here or there. I would think he's, you know, the, the best option because he I've seen some things he can do when he's been on this roster, but, you know, time's running short for him too. To, uh, to, is special teams enough, or can he bring more, and would they keep him? You know, Steve Longa, I've always thought is decent, but he's never really done anything. He's just sort of been a, a, around, been a body. Elijah Lee, who they brought in, is kind of a special team guy. Jason Kabinda, I thought was a guy we'd see last year and see some things from as the season kind of deteriorated. Never really seemed to get much, much PT out there. Anthony Pittman's a local guy that a lot of people like, but is a guy that I've always sort of... You know, I just haven't seen much from him, you know, don't, don't know what he can do. Christian Jones gets beat up all over the city of Detroit for his lack of coverage, lack of playmaking. But really, when you look at his PFF and stuff, he, he's really kind of what the Lions want when it comes to some of the things he does on the football field. And like I said, I put him in that four or five spot, you know, when it comes to overall linebackers, but not a bad guy to have that deep down your roster and you know Christian Sam they brought in you know liked him somewhat in the draft process didn't see anything from him don't think you know guy like that really bursts on the scene by any means I I think what my big thing with the Lions in this offseason was I thought they had these type of guys already these big bodies these guys that were mean potatoes as I call them and I was looking for game changers I was looking for guys that didn't fit that mold that were 220 pounds and, and bendy and could get off the edge and could attack your quarterback. And instead the lions have went all in on this remake Patriots. You know, we're going to like these guys know the scheme. They know how to work hard. They're not going to complain. They're going to be able to do the scheme instead of just getting talent, getting athletes. I mean, I wouldn't think that any of those guys that read right off, you'd put anywhere near the top group, top group of linebackers in the NFL saying like, the group as a whole or individuals like none of those individuals even make the top 25 linebackers in football by any means, you know, they're, they're much farther down the list. You can look at other teams. They got two, three linebackers that, that blow that whole unit away when it comes to the talent production, whatever it may be. So I'm taking a wait and see approach. I mean, I'm hoping that scheme culture, you know, good attitude, hard workers, you know, a little bit, more juice from jamie collins and and possibly raglan davis and tavai can can make this a good unit but i'm very undecided at this point real quickly let's hit on defensive uh tackles let's go there because again they lost Aishon, they lost snacks and what did they bring in they brought in danny shelton and nick williams now again seen a lot of love On Twitter, a lot of people that believe, (laughs) I mean, you know how that's spelled, right? B-L-E-A-V. I believe, I believe, I believe. (laughs) A lot of people that believe out there that Nick Williams and and Danny Shelton are going to be ballers there in the middle. They're going to be better than Snacks was. They're going to be better than what A'shaun ever brought to the table again I hate to do it this isn't my style but to be a wait and see guy because I like the Danny Shelton signing 26 years old former first round pick found himself in New England had his best season last year you're definitely kind of buying at the right time hoping that it all has clicked and he can be a a a beast I mean he's a physical beast when it comes to his size and athleticism but you know he hasn't done it at a, at a long-term level or hasn't really burst on the scene. You know, had a really good season in all things I've seen with New England. But, again, not a uh, – just a big body, thought of more as a two-gap, two-down, big defensive nose tackle type. And then you got Nick Williams, who's a guy who burst on the scene with six sacks last year, never done anything before that. And people were like, oh, man, Nick Williams, big upgrade from what A'shawn brought. I mean – People didn't like A. Sean Robinson here, and I know he didn't make a ton of splash plays, but A. was the type of guy I wanted here in a Lions uniform. He was nasty. He had that 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 grit, that just you know nasty football demeanor, both on and off the field, that I I kind of like in my my football players. But he got paid, you know, kind of crazy money to go out to, I think it was the Rams, and the Lions just weren't going to pay to keep him around. If his price would have came way down and he would have been open to buying in and being here, then maybe. But um, what's crazy is about it, so they've overturned basically all the defensive tackles, you know. uh, uh, Mike Daniels gone, you know. Everybody has forgot about Deshaun Hand, kind of that defensive tackle, defensive end. I've always been a huge supporter. I mean, there were some mixed reviews coming out in the draft if this guy was athletic or not. Was he a baller or not? I thought he showed great flashes that first year. He's been injured, and and people have just written him off. They just said, nope, he he can't do it. He can't stay healthy. I think they forgot what the defense feels like and looks like when he's out there. Flowers are out there kind of consistently, you know, because we haven't even seen Deshaun Han with Trey Flowers, really. You know, it's been one or the other, or, or, you know, those best days for Deshaun Hand were before Trey Flowers came here. So I I don't write this guy off. Deshaun Hand, I think can bounce back and be a, an absolute ball player for this team, but everybody else is new inside there. And then you pretty much on the outside edges, you got, you got Flowers, <laughs> you got, um you got Okwara and, that's about it. You know, they haven't added any bodies with any edge rush. Now that goes back to Scott's statement about, you know, them wanting to cover and, and be more stout in the DTs than on the edges. But I mean, you got to add something there. You got to do something. Now I've thrown out ideas. Maybe they'd love to, to combo the Aquara boys uh, Julian and Romeo and get you that pressure, both from the edge and that outside Jack rush linebacker type position Maybe that's something they got in the cards. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they pretty sure Chase Young is going to fall to them, and they think they're okay with Flowers, Chase Young, um, Aquara, and another body or two either in the draft or in late free agency. Maybe that's their game plan. But right now, I don't, I don't see where the this rush is coming from, both inside or outside, and. It's more just belief in the system, belief in the coach here in year three. And uh, there's a lot of people in Detroit that don't have that belief. And I'm just sitting here saying, hey, if this guy does have the right people here now, does have the right culture built, maybe we take that big leap just based on talent, culture, practice habits, fundamentals, all that stuff that he preaches. But it's, it's a wait and see for me if this defense is a lot better. Now, I didn't talk about the back end, but... I do think Daron Harmon can make a huge impact on that back end and, and Tracy Walker is only continue to get better. So that, and hopefully what they do with the corners at the end of the day, will have almost, if not a better group, I feel like we'll have a grittier group at corner. So i um, interested to see, let's go ahead and break down a little bit on the offensive side of the ball. They've really left a huge gaping hole at offensive um, guard, the right guard, um, interior offensive lineman. Now, a lot of people freak out about this and want to pay big money. They wanted to give Graham Glasgow $10, $12 million to keep him around. I knew that wasn't the Lions' way of doing things. I knew they were looking for a cheaper option, a guy that can be, you know, at Glasgow's level but just not at his, at his, um, you know, what he was going to get on free agency. They probably will fill that both in the draft or Ben, uh, Bo Benchwal from Wisconsin's a guy they've been grooming. That would be my next guy I would think if he would be in line. No clue what Joshua Garnett can bring to you, former first round pick. Hasn't played in a few years. They picked him up. People were just writing him off or just acting like no chance. I mean, they picked him up for a reason, I'd say. So I think he's the least in the mix to possibly be there. There's a camp battle, no doubt, between those guys see who see who works. But I just think, you know, the two guard spots, you know, if you can get by with Joe Dahl, you can definitely get by with a guy in the second through fourth round. I think of the draft plug and play with Ben Chuala, some depth, or vice versa. I also think that, you know, if you go ahead and get a a tackle, if there's a tackle that just can play the right side and is a a beast, maybe you just bump, you know, Hal Vitai into a, you know, guard position and leave it at that. We'll, we'll definitely keep our eye on what they're doing. You know, I'm, I'm very curious to see how that position shakes out. I'm also curious with the with the receivers. Let me go ahead and get a list of these receivers here. So when you look at the Lions receivers, Marvin Jones, Danny Amendola, Kenny Galladay, Geronimo Allison, Marvin Hall, Victor Bolden, Travis Fulgham, Chris Lacey, John Duhart, Tom Kennedy, <laughs> Jeremy Davis, um, you know, to me that shakes out pretty simply. Uh Kenny's your one, Marvin's now your two, Danny's your three, um, you know, Geronimo's your four, Marvin Hall's your your five, your speed guy, and hopefully Travis Fulgham can make your roster as your as your drafted guy, but you also definitely want a, a an impact rookie in there. You know, so you're gonna keep six, seven wide receivers on your on your active roster. Um, John Dewhart's a guy who I, I liked as I got him as an undrafted guy, you watch his highlights, you watch some of the things he can do on the football field, the size he has. I always thought he's a nice guy. If you can tuck him away and kind of, you know, keep him around, just maybe not, you know, obviously not going to be active on, on game days until he grows a little bit more, but I hope that he can kind of stick around. I think the Lions are set with those top three. You know, they they need a rookie or Geronimo or Marvin to really pick up the juice in that 4-5 slot, be able to give them some production in case of injury. Hopefully they'll stay healthy. But curious to see what they're going to do in the draft at wide receiver because there's some tempting, tempting options in those first uh, rounds two, round three. I've been promoting on all my different podcasts, both here on Believe and Lions. And you can also check me out on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, which you can find on every podcast platform that drops on Wednesday, Fridays with my buddy Grifka, where we talk Lions football. Um, wait till the fifth round. The fifth round, there's going to be some beautiful wide receiver values, some great speed guys, some great um, big body guys, whatever flavor you want. They're going to be there in this draft because it's probably the most ridiculous receiver draft that we've seen. So I say wait till there to pick one up, but they're definitely going to be shedding some bodies at receiver when it's all said and done. Real quickly, let's look at their tight end positions. I mean, again, it's a huge year, in my opinion, for TJ Hawkinson, the number eight pick out of Iowa, Hockamania. This guy needs to ball out. I need some production. But what I really need is just grit. I need this guy to be grimy in the run game. I need him to be a chain mover. I need him to be a touchdown scorer. I need him to be a guy that when you come in, you're worried about Kenny. You're worried about Marvin. You're worried about Danny. But you're definitely worried about number 88, TJ Hawkinson as well. He needs to be much better moving forward, a game changer, a guy you got a game plan for, a guy that if you leave him uncovered, he is going to hurt you week in, week out, need him to stay healthy. He's obviously the top tight end. Jesse James, as I've noted before, I kind of promoted it when they signed him. I thought he was young, big you know, had some red zone ability, could do some little things. I saw nothing in 2019 from this guy. If he does anywhere close to that in 2020, he's going to have to be off the roster. Uh, You know, after this, if he has a nice bounce back and can at least somewhat justify his contract, that would be nice because I feel like he's penciled in as TE2, which scares me. Isaac Nada is a guy from Georgia that I – Liked and then I didn't like based on his athletic testing at the combine last year. He basically practiced squad till the very end. I really didn't see much from this guy. A couple glances here or there. Not sure that you can roll in with him at tight end three and feel comfortable, but don't feel like there's any tight ends out there in free agency or the draft. that are really worth it. Dang. So unless you make a trade or something, I think you're just putting all the weight on TJ Hawkinson, Jesse James. Hey, here's an idea. How about you give us something You piece of garbage. And then (laughs) Isaac Nada, like show up, justify being drafted in the sixth round and make some plays, be a roster available player, be able to be in special teams, block whatever you're needed for and catch a few footballs here or there. So, those are going to be important spots on both sides of the football. You know, linebacker to me on defensive side is a spot to watch as well as their pass rush. And then interior offensive line, what the heck they're going to do with these receivers and tight ends is really important. So that's what I got for you this week on Believe in Lions. Uh, I told you I'd promo it here at the end. Please check us out next week on Believe in Lions. I'm going to have on my draft show, we're going to be talking all things NFL draft and Detroit Lions. I haven't had this guy on the show I've, I've emailed, I haven't talked to him, so I'm apologize if I mess up the name. But Ryan Dyrud, CEO, top guy for LA Football Network. This guy talks NFL draft all day, every day. Um, he knows his stuff. We're going to break it down, talk about players he likes, sleepers, draft scenarios, trades. Um, you know, going to try to throw some questions, Lions based at him. Get his impression, even though he doesn't directly focus on just the Lions. He's going to have all types of good draft info for you. That should be a really fun conversation, so I'm looking forward to that. So please check us out. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Check us out next Monday where Ryan will be on the show. Hopefully we can uh, have him on now and then maybe get him back on again after the draft is over, get his thoughts after it's all said and done. But really excited to have him on. I'm going to continue to try to bring guests when I can here and there, as well as guys like Logan Lamarandier. Always happy to have him and Paul uh, on the show as well. So, hey, thank you guys so much for listening. This is Believe in Lions. I hope I broke it down for you. I hope that you are wrapping your head around what the heck the Detroit Lions are doing with um, how they're building this football team. Is it going to work? Is it not? I mean, you know that I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe in the Detroit Lions. I believe. (laughs) And so should you. Thank you so much for listening. Check us back here next week for all things Detroit Lions. Right here on Believe in Lions. Take care, everybody. I'm out. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants.